what began as an experiment to bring my 11-year-old daughter into my business has evolved into Our Young Creators. A podcast, a training center, and a movement dedicated to equipping kids with real-world marketable skills so that they can fund their own brighter futures. We're here to inspire you to turn consumption time on devices into creation time and use technology as a tool to bond and not bicker with your kids. Join us each week as we share the inner workings of our partnership and bring you stories from guests of all ages and from all walks of life on our quest to nurture and to celebrate our young creators. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Young Pratt, chief dreamer and podcaster right here at Our Young Creators. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to tune in live, to catch the replay, or to listen over on the podcast. Today, I have a special guest for us. Lately, I have been seeing a lot of news feed articles all about kids and anxiety. And I I didn't know how much of it was actually true, how much of it was false. There seems to be a lot of misinformation out there. So I reached out to my friend, Joya Casso, who is a psychotherapist and a parenting expert, because I wanted her to come in here and really separate fact from fiction when it comes to kids and anxiety. Welcome, Joy. I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. And I love this topic. It's really close to my heart. So thank you for asking me to come on here today. And it's a topic close to my heart, too, because as I see my kids growing up and seeing where they might be struggling, you know, the word anxiety almost seems to be a catchphrase these days. So, and I, and I wonder if it's that they're experiencing or something else. So if we could first start with what is anxiety? How do we classify it? How do we define it? Anxiety, plain and simple, is a feeling. That's all it is. It's a feeling, but it's actually a bigger umbrella to, uh, if you will, like smaller kind of feelings. So anxiety would be the overall sort of um, overarching definition of um, what nervousness would be, worry, um, being fidgety, um, and easiness. Overwhelm is also under anxiety. So it's actually um, like it's a vague and very broad kind of feeling. And it's very different from anxiety disorder, which, you know, so when we say like, I'm anxious, I'm feeling anxious, um, what we tend to do then is then we, we have to ask the person, the child, um, what 
they're feeling exactly because like I said, anxiety is so broad. It's um, we like you mentioned that, you know, we just kind of use the term loosely. It's almost like when we say, you know, oh, um, I'm depressed or um, that kind of thing. And then really we may mean something else. That's so interesting because, yeah, like you said, it's such a broad term. So I think people use it a lot to cover a whole range of different feelings, including, like you said, stress and depression. And I think having those all under this umbrella term, it's a little bit confusing because we really need to step back and separate, okay, is my child feeling stressed? Is my child feeling depressed? Is my child feeling overwhelmed? And that's a, that's a lot of things for parents to take into consideration. So if we're thinking about our kids and we see them and and they're struggling, how yeah. are some ways we can differentiate between whether it's just stress or whether it really truly is anxiety or even further anxiety disorder? Absolutely. Um, so Anxiety, as we said um, in the beginning, right, we're treating it just as a feeling. How then, when it interferes with their normal activities, then you tend to, you have to watch the pattern, monitor their behavior, see how it's affecting their day-to-day tasks. For example, for younger kids, right, brushing teeth, plain and simple, but then it with anxiety, with intense um, feelings of anxiety, it becomes harder for them. Or like eating at a restaurant. What could be like a joyous occasion for a family now becomes like a chore for a child. Or they stop eating altogether when you're at a restaurant. So that's, then it starts to like, now we can start to wonder like, okay, what is really um, going on? Going back to anxiety as a feeling, what It is the purpose of anxiety really is to protect us from danger. That's it. To protect us from danger, you've probably heard of the fight, flight, or freeze. So, however, the brain cannot distinguish between what is real danger and what is not. So it becomes a problem when a child or a teenager um, starts to have these unrealistic, quote unquote, um, feelings of danger. So you see like, you know, for example, you're at a restaurant or grocery store with your parents and you start to have that um, butterflies in your stomach and there's no, there's no real medical reason to prove or to evidence like where that, um, you know, butterfly in your stomach is coming from, chest pain, is also another symptom of anxiety because anxiety is both um, mental, there's a mental symptoms that show up and physical symptoms that show up. So when it starts to interfere with their school, with their relationships, with their peers, um, and they start to isolate more and they don't wanna do the things that they actually care about, They start to avoid the people that they used to hang out with. Um, Those are some of the signs that we look for to see if then treatment um, needs to start. 
That is so fascinating. And I love that simple definition of it's a feeling that affects their ability to do their normal things and to interact normally as they have in the past. That I think really clarifies some of what could be misconstrued as anxiety. That's really not, that's maybe something else. Maybe right. there's an actual real reason that, you know, that's happening, not just a physical feeling. So yes. I think really, really such a great way for us parents to start observing our kids and asking the question, are they avoiding things that they normally used to love to do? Or are things that are commonplace, like brushing teeth and going to a restaurant, is it becoming a struggle for your family? So if parents are listening and they're kind of at this point where they have seen a pattern emerge in their kids, what are some steps they can take next to help their kids overcome this anxiety? Absolutely. The first thing that I always encourage parents, right, is to, as you are observing, as you are monitoring, please write them down, take notes, so that um, you you can help yourself and kind of like have that visual in front of you. Because sometimes, you know, depending on the age too, we may exaggerate it in our mind and say, wow, this has been happening, like, for the last month when really maybe it's only been like two times a week, three times a week. So you really need to, for your um, for your peace of mind and also for your child, right? So just um, watch the pattern if there is one and the frequency, the frequency, the pattern, the intensity. Now, how do you measure intensity? Well, then you'd have to note like uh, maybe they woke up in a good mood, you know, that morning. And then all of a sudden something happened midday. You were called from school that, you know, they were complaining of stomach ache or headaches. Those are also signs of um, incoming anxiety. Um, and so if you have that record with you, then you, you can say, okay, maybe there are certain situations that kind of trigger it. Right. So is it lack of sleep? It's a lot. Right. So you have to kind of like play detective a little bit. Is it lack of sleep? Are they not eating well? Is it why all of that is happening now? Um, and then if you see that, you know, maybe it's like, oh, it's happening like five times out of the week. Every time they go to school, you get a call every day. Every day there's a call. Um, they're not feeling well and things like that, and they're not sleeping well. And, um, you know, you also um, see a lot of moodiness. Um, tantrums is also a sign of anxiety for smaller children. Um, moodiness, irritability is another symptom that anxiety can mani manifest itself in um, moodiness, irritability, isolation, um, anger, um, Anxiety can also mask itself in sadness. And so if you feel that um, it's happening a lot, a lot more than usual, then you can take the same notes that you have written and then bring it to a professional, maybe a pediatrician. You can start with a pediatrician if we're talking about children and teenagers. Show it to them. And then, you know, ask them, like, what do you think? Like, is this something that I should be concerned about? 
Um, and then they'll refer you to a therapist or a counselor. Or you can also just always um, go straight to a counselor or a therapist that specializes in children and um, teenagers. So I would say definitely the first step is really kind of observing um, their behaviors first and see and ask your um, child's teachers if it's, you know, how they are in school and grades. If the grades are dropping, you know, you may, that may be cause for alarm, but I would say don't, um, you know, don't uh, worry too much until you talk to the teacher because you will also gain insight as far as, you know, how they're behaving in school versus um, at home. And as you were listing all of those different things like tantrums, irritability, isolation, anger, I had to laugh a little bit in my head because as a teenager, some of those behaviors are just sort of a normal everyday occurrence yeah, and they yeah. may not be related to actual anxiety. So definitely, like you said, you have to be a sleuth and a detective and you have to really start to watch and pay attention. But I think really, like you said, keeping a journal, documenting these things is so great because literally from day to day, there are so many things we forget and we overestimate or underestimate yes. how long something has been happening. So that is a great, great tip. So for you parents listening, start documenting these to see if there is a pattern and see if it's, you know, there's a change in the frequency or the intensity, because that's going to really clue you in as to if you need to find someone to take further steps with down the road. Absolutely. Yes. But um, also, I love how you said, like, sometimes we overestimate or underestimate. So definitely watching, you know, um, any changes in our children's behaviors. And even with the clients, the families that I work with, I also still do that even when we're already in a treatment relationship. I'll say, you know, can you just log their behavior um, this week and see what's so we can see what's going on? Um but also what I'm finding out is that um, because mental health awareness is being put out there even more and in younger uh, kids as well, like in schools, you know, they're, they're having more and more um, talks and discussions about mental health um, awareness. If your child um, comes to you or your teenager comes to you and tells you, I think I need to see someone um, I would encourage you, please don't wait too long because I am getting a lot of those, um, you know, cases where um, the parents just thought, oh, okay, maybe they're just doing it for attention or maybe, you know, they're just copying their friend. Um, but if your child spells it out to you and says, I think I need to see someone because I've been feeling like this for a while. Um, don't take it lightly. I think that is also, um, you know, like your cue that it's time to see a professional. That is a big cue too, especially if you have a, a teen or a tween or a younger child coming to you and using those kind of words. Right. That's a really big clue because most of the time, those are the feelings that they're suppressing and they're not talking about those things. So if they are coming to you, definitely don't take it lightly. Go find someone immediately and get them some assistance so that they can overcome this. So I have to ask you this question. It's kind of a big question. 
are we more aware of anxiety and that's why we're seeing more of it or is there more frequency of anxiety i know it's sort of like the chicken before the egg i know <laughs> so what is your professional opinion about that so there's i think there's different layers um to that the child mind institute which is based in new york they publish reports every year and in 2018 they reported 117 million um, youths uh, worldwide, this is a worldwide um, statistic, that um, are affected by anxiety. And um, it still is the number one um, mental illness um, disorder in children. So anxiety is still um, number one disorder in childhood disorder is what we call it. And um, now, if your question, um, why is that number? Like, what is that number, right? What does that mean for us? We're also finding out that compared to the 80s, um, high schoolers nowadays are twice as much at, at risk for psychological um, disorders. So what that means is that the stress on children, the pressure, on children and teenagers are, there's like a startling difference, um, even from 10 years before. So they are definitely experiencing um, more pressure, more overwhelm, more stress. And what, what is happening is that parents are not as equipped to deal with the changes. I mean, talk about social media. Um, I just read also, like vaping is another um, something that came up with teenagers, right? Are vaping more and more. So, and then now parents are like, what, what are we going to do? You know, what are we supposed to do? Our society and our world today are like, it's not as family friendly as it once was even, you know, like 10, 20 years, 20 years ago. So um, it's, it's within that that it's within that that framework that we are now working towards as you know in the mental health field. However, I do have to say that um, it is with anxiety that we have um, accomplished the most success in the mental health field. So the treatment of anxiety anxiety is treatable; it's so solvable, um, but the the people who are um, being diagnosed with anxiety disorder are still not getting um, the, the proper treatment that they need. Although, according to research, it is where we find the most success in the mental health field. So it's very That's interesting. Fascinating, yes, that yeah. you're having a lot of success. You're seeing more of it, but the success rate is is high and that's a really good sign that this is definitely something we can address if we notice it as parents we can start to help our kids if we notice it even in ourselves maybe we're we're experiencing some of these patterns we talked about today Absolutely. it's not only for kids and teens and tweens adults also experience these things and i definitely have gone through periods of my life where I didn't understand that's what it was at the time until I was very far away from it and I thought 
those are definitely classic symptoms of anxiety. I just didn't realize, or I wasn't aware that that was what my issue was. I just thought I was really stressed out and that was it. That's kind of the, you know, the, the, the end of it, but it was definitely more anxiety related. So yes. parents and, and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas listening, definitely don't take this subject lightly because kids have a lot on their plates these days. They're expected to become adults almost in their teen and tween years because like you said, we're not spending as much time together as a family unit. A lot of family units are not, you know, are just disconnected in general whether yeah. that's through divorce or separation. I mean, there's so many different layers of what our kids are facing these days that we never had to face. And I think that's one of the reasons we're so passionate about really wanting to bring parents into this conversation about technology because it can definitely be used for bad, but we like to spin it and say, you know what, this is the way you're gonna communicate with your kids because if you can speak the same language and you can do things together, not only are you spending more time with your kids, you're just really allowing them to grow in their talents and their gifts and be able to share their unique gifts with the world in a bigger way. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So you mentioned um, parents who um, have anxiety, right? Or parents who have uh, been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Just to put it out there, um, Children that come from that background are five times more at risk to be diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So when that is present in the family, if there is history of um, depression or anxiety or other mental illnesses, um, I would say that you shouldn't wait too long to see a professional if there is um, history of trauma, whether in the family with the parents, or if the child experienced it or saw that, um, that's also, you know, a sign that it's time to see a professional. And thirdly, if there is self-harm, if you're, if you have seen your children, you know, harming or hurting themselves intentionally, it's time to see a professional as well. That is amazing news to amazing to know that the stats definitely don't work in our kids' favor if we as parents have experienced that. So definitely it's time to be paying more attention, time to be spending more time with our kids, asking them questions, yeah. observing them, and really just getting them and ourselves the help that we need when we need it and not waiting too long. So Julie, I want to make sure that people can connect with you if they have questions about anxiety, where they can turn to for help, because I know that you work with people locally and I believe online as well. Where so can they connect with you to ask questions and continue this discussion? Yes, please. Um, I welcome all your questions. I'm, I'm glad to, you know, assist you in any way. I am on Facebook, um, Best Parenting Practices. It's Joya Caso Best Parenting Practices on Facebook. And on Instagram, I'm also Joya Caso. My handle is Joya Caso. And I'm always, you know, um, posting up there, um, like, tips and tools for parents. I have just started um, doing, I'm five episodes in, um, my segment on navigating anxiety in children and teenagers. So, you know, if you happen to watch any of those on my Instagram, make sure you um, let me know if there's anything that I can clarify for you. Thank you for sharing all that. This is such an important topic that definitely needs to be 
to be continued, really. And so I definitely want to have Joy back again to talk about more in this subject because as you've heard from Joy, it's a really, it's really big. There's a lot of factors involved. There's a lot of different things that we as parents can do to help our kids. So Joy, I want to thank you so, so much for being so generous with your time today and really helping us to better understand this idea of anxiety and how we can best help our kids and ourselves to really deal with it and then overcome it. Yes, of course. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. And I would love to come back one of these days. For sure. And for all of you tuning in live, catching the replay or listening to the podcast, I want to say thank you again for taking time out of your day to really listen in on this conversation because it is really a big one. It's an important one. With the holidays coming up, I think you're going to probably be seeing a lot more of it in your news feed like I have been seeing. So definitely we need to start conversation. We need to continue the conversation. And if you need to reach out to Joy, please do so. She is an amazing resource for you. Thank you again for tuning in. I will catch you all very soon. Cheers, my friends. Ready to get uncomfortable? I challenge you, my friend, to do 100 days of Facebook Live videos right alongside Tasha and I starting on December 10th. To join in on this free adventure, head over to bit.ly slash 100 days of FB live to sign up and join in on the fun. Let's go out there, get uncomfortable and change our lives in the process.